Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 924. Uh, If a deal looks too good to be true, it probably is. And remember that a seller's story is just that. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Zachary Dillinger. Hey, Zachary, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, let's do this. All right. Zachary Dillinger, no relation to John, is a personal property appraiser at Whippiac Consulting and Appraisals in Charlotte, Michigan. He is also a freelance automotive writer and a USPAP compliant appraiser who writes about cars for RM Sotheby's and Auctions America. Zachary collects and restores cars with a special focus on pre-war American examples. Though his first love is cars, Zachary is also a passionate woodworker who specializes in reproducing antique American furniture. He is the author of With Saw, Plane and Chisel, Building Historic American Furniture with Hand Tools by F&W Media, as well as numerous nationally published magazine and journal articles. And his second book, which is due out soon, Duct Tape is Flammable, And automotive life is a little story I think we're going to hear as we go through the questions here. So sounds like a fun ride. So Zachary, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment to share a little more about your business, your career, and a passion for old automobiles? Sure, Mark. Thanks. Uh, You know, a long-time listener, it's an honor to be on the show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of my favorites. So, you know, like most of your guests and I'm sure most of your listeners, I'm an obsessed car guy and have been since I was a little kid. Uh, I blame my dad. Uh, he was a big car guy as well, so I picked it up from him. I now focus on pre-war cars, you know, bone stock examples, but I've had just about everything, Japanese sports cars, British cars, muscle cars, you name it. Uh, I only have two right now, but I'm, I'm always on the lookout for the next one. Yes, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> and as you said, I, I'm an appraiser as well, certified appraiser. do cars. I also do other forms of decorative and fine art for Whippiac, and I also consult, uh, as you said, for RM and uh, a couple other uh, companies and other writing opportunities as they come available. Absolutely. A guy who's having some fun. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Zachary, take the wheel. Sure. You know, I thought about this a little bit, and I think that the most important thing I can say is fast, good, or cheap, and you get to pick two. So that's the management triangle, they call it. And, you know, it's so important when you're dealing with any service or product, or especially cars, sometimes things that look like good deals just aren't. So fast, good, and cheap, pick two. You know, this is so important to have a certified appraiser go in and look at a vehicle you're about to invest in because there can be some things hidden there that you have no idea. And somebody like Zachary, who's been around, seen a lot of cars, knows what to look for. And even if you're a a qualified car guy, like most of us think we are, there's always something that could be lurking somewhere in a corner that could end up costing you a fortune. So I think part of that mantra comes from taking the time to hire the right person to look at what you're doing, give you a second opinion, or like I always am for many of my friends, they call me and say, Mark, come along and talk me out of this car. 
<laughs> so while they're sitting there opening their checkbook, I'm pointing out, uh, do you know there's a hole in the floor under the mat over here? Have you seen that? You might want to come and look at it. And the poor guy selling the car is going, stop it. Stop it. Go yeah. away. So. Right. Uh, you just cost me a thousand dollars, pal. Um, <laughs> yeah. It also, when it comes to buying cars, you know, it's there are often legal things to deal with. And though appraisers are not attorneys, uh, we often know attorneys. So we can deal with title issues and things like that. Or We're, we're all around, we're, we're good people to have on the team. Well, and with old cars that have been in estates, those title issues can become a nightmare. They're lost. You don't know where they are. You don't know if the guy who passed away that left it to his family sold it and promised it to somebody a long time ago. There, I've heard some really crazy stories. So it's nice to know you guys oh, go absolutely. into all those details. Yeah, and a lot of times, too, when you go to title an old car with a lost title or, you know, in some cases, like my Model T, for example, never had a title issued. Right. So my, my Model T is on a new title. You have to very often get an appraisal anyway. Because you have to pay taxes to Uncle Sam and to your state, so they want to know how much to charge you. Yeah, they always do. They always get their share. When my grandfather passed away, my father gave me one of his wallets, and inside was a registration card for a Ford. And I asked my dad, I said, well, it doesn't say what kind it is. And he said, well, when that was issued, there was only one, a T. (laughs) (laughs) And it costs 12 cents. To register the car for the year. So, oh, wow. oh, I know. Crazy, isn't it? Well, let's go back in time. You talk about growing up with a dad who was into cars. No doubt that had some influence on you and your passion for automobiles. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you, too, were indeed a car guy? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I grew up around cars, as I said. It was about seven years old. Well, I was about seven years old when I really started to notice and appreciate them. We always had collector cars around the house, often pieces and parts and, you know, bookcases full of books on cars. So I learned very early on, developed a fine appreciation. But I'd say the, the most pivotal moment was when I got to go to Indianapolis and to Grattan Raceway, which is a road course here in Michigan, mm-hmm. watching those sports cars just, you know, scream around the track. I got hooked. I got hooked on sports cars then. Kind of grown out of them a little bit. I'm focused more on early American cars, um, pre-war stuff. Mm -hmm. But I've always loved sports cars. And my first poster car was the Porsche 959. Even had an RC car of that. So I've always loved one, but unfortunately, there's only about 200 of them. So the likelihood I'll ever own one's pretty low. Well, they're very expensive cars, and they're quite complicated, too. I had the uh, owner of Pelican Parts on my show, and he has one, and he said going through the electronics and the the circuit boards and everything is very, very complex. And, of course, first generation of all that new technology for Porsche that eventually dripped down into all the cars after that definitely can cause some challenges when you go to own a car like that, so... Well, I figure if I can afford the price tag, I can afford to pay someone to fix it for me. (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) You hope so. You hope so. That's that's the smart way to buy a car, for sure. Buy a car you can afford to fix. Well, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way in your career, your life, whatever that might be. But of course, the best thing about these challenges, if there can be a best thing, is they teach us things and they help us grow and move forward. So take us through one of your experiences. Sure. With regards to cars, probably the biggest automotive failure I ever had was when I set my 1994 Tempo on fire. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, accidentally, of course. But, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I was young and stupid and uh, late for school, most importantly. So the exhaust pipe had been leaking for some time, and, and finally it let go. And mm. I heard the, that dragging scrape of the dangling muffler, which no one wants to hear. Right. No time, basically nothing to fix the thing. 
Uh, I resorted to the Silver Savior or the Handyman Secret Weapon, and I uh, duct taped the exhaust system back together. Uh oh. Um, yeah, about a mile down the road, I noticed a very distinct burning smell. <laughs> yes. Um, because as I learned that morning, duct tape and 500-degree mufflers do not get along with that. Oh, well. my gosh. <laughs> so by the time I got to school, the tape, the undercoating, basically everything was on fire and smoke was just billowing out. Uh, I managed to just put it out, actually with a bottle of soda. It was funny. The only <laughs> thing I had, turned around, walked into school just like nothing had happened. Didn't, I literally had no other idea what to do. I put it out. I was done. I uh, walked into school. Paint was scorched, but ultimately the car survived long enough for me to destroy the transmission doing, you know, burnouts with my friends. Oh. I was young and stupid. <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, you probably made quite an impact on the young ladies cruising into the parking lot on fire and then casually jumping out and putting it out with a seltzer bottle and going, no problem, man. Let's go to class. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was very cool. Yeah. <laughs> I handled the whole thing very well. But uh, at least looking back on it, you know, 20 odd years later, I, I feel like it was was pretty good. Well, and I think that's leading to a book that you're working on, right? Yeah, that's actually one of the chapter titles and the actual uh, book title itself. And, you know, you asked me what lessons I learned. So I really learned three lessons from that. And the first was delaying maintenance and not fixing the little stuff before they become big stuff. It usually doesn't work out that well. <laughs> no. The second being that duct tape is highly flammable. Again, that's the, you know, book chapter and title uh, of a forthcoming book. Finally, sometimes when you make an epic mistake, all you can do is just walk away and hold your head high, uh, even if you do reek of burning rubber. <laughs> Very nice. And I'll add a fourth one. Always carry a fire extinguisher in your vehicle. Very important, especially if it's old, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And now I do. Yeah, I, I never go anywhere in my old cars, my classic cars, my Packard or my Model T. Uh, without a fire extinguisher. Yeah, I do the same, and I even carry them in my modern cars, and I thank goodness I've never used them on my cars, but I put out several other people's cars who are on fire on the side of the road when they're standing there helplessly watching their car burn. So, yeah, carry a fire extinguisher. It's inexpensive, and it's uh, it could save a life. So most definitely a nice lesson there. That's funny, though, duct tape. That's great. Or maybe carry a coat hanger in your car. Maybe that would be a better way to pull that exhaust system up and keep it off the ground. Yeah, so. there you go. There you go. Now I just... I. I try not to drive things that are not, you know, either virtually brand new or very old and well-maintained. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment, a time when those lights come on and kind of illuminate your way to a new direction. Tell us about yours. Sure. I actually started my career working in politics uh, right out of college, uh, campaign management, fundraising knocking on doors, just about every job you can imagine in that field. Mm -hmm. uh, got really burned out on it shortly after I got married. Uh, it wasn't really fair. You know, I wasn't a great husband, not being home ever. Yeah, so yeah. left that and started working at a, you know, nine to five here in Michigan. But I quickly realized it was, a, it was a dead end, you know, and it wasn't a dead end because there weren't opportunities to move up or, you know, be, get promoted, things like that. It's just, I didn't want to be there doing things I didn't want to do. Uh, and to me, it was just a paycheck and really nothing more. And I'm the type of person, and I think probably many of your listeners are, if there's no passion, there's nothing to interest me, then I just, I don't want to do it. And I was lucky enough and young enough that I had the opportunity to really contemplate what I wanted to do, uh, you know, for the next 30, 40 years of my life. And you right away it had to involve collector cars. I didn't really want to be a buyer and seller of collector, of collector cars. Mm -hmm. I saw my dad do that a little bit. And a lot, of, a lot of work for not a lot of return, at least in his experience. I started thinking about what I could do, 
I've always loved history. Uh, I've always had good research skills, and actually, I married a librarian. So, uh, being able to dig into books and websites and find things about cars pointed me to a career in appraising. That was really the aha moment when I realized, oh my gosh, I can I can make a career for myself looking at cars, researching cars, uh, and learning everything I can about them. And all the books I buy are tax deductible. <laughs> Even better, yeah. <laughs> which is a, which is a very nice thing. Yeah. So to, to pull that off, you know, I really kind of had to chart a course and figure out how to become an appraiser. Now, a lot of people call themselves appraisers um, without necessarily without the necessary training or certification. Tend to call those people cowboys uh, in in the profession. <laughs> yeehaw! Yeah, exactly. Yeehaw! You know, they're out there. They're, they they may know everything in the world about cars, but the business and the actual mechanics of appraising a car, such that the appraisal report would pass muster with the IRS mm. uh, or a court or uh, you know, some insurance companies now. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that my reports were credible and could be relied upon for those things. So I actually found a degree program. In fact, it now is a degree program. It was a certificate program through NYU. Then I joined the American Society of Appraisers at Dave Kinney. Uh, his his suggestion. Yes. I say suggestion. Really, it was you know his vehement insistence. <laughs> yeah, Dave's <laughs> going to be a a future guest here on Cars. Yeah. Dave's great. He's, yeah. he's one of the best people in, in the car industry that I that I know. Yeah. Though that opened a lot of doors for me and then I got hooked up with my current company. My appraisals uh, credentials gave me the in with RM. It all boils down to making that conscious decision to chase your passion right. and find a way to make it work to pay the bills. Uh, if I hadn't done that, I never would have come as far. Well, that is oh so important and def defining what your passion is can be a challenge for some people. But once you do that, then you go and define the why you're doing what you're doing and then find all the ways to do it. And voila, you're there. So not without a lot of work, of course. I know that it takes a lot of work, but uh, I think it's a great story. And it's what Cars yeah is all about. Well, how about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many. You've probably made a lot of people very happy with appraisals and uh, artifacts and things that you've looked at to help them evaluate or purchase or sell. What's a proud moment you could share with us? Sure. My proudest personal moment has to be the publication of my first book. Um, that was a year's worth of work. I don't know if, how many of your listeners have ever written things professionally, but it, it's a big undertaking. Yes. Uh, and this this book is not strictly related to cars, but the skills that are in it. It's handful woodworking, mm -hmm. um, furniture making specifically. So it's not specifically about cars, but a lot of those skills translate to car restoration. Oh, yeah. Especially the early cars have a lot of wood in them. Uh, you know, the pre-1926 Model Ts have a huge amount of wood, as, as do some of the Duesenbergs and some of the Packers. So having that chance to write and publish that book uh, and actually get paid to do something that I would have done for free, you know, it was a really big deal. I would just ask all of you and all of your listeners not to tell my publisher that I would have done it for free. Oh, or no. I forget another day. No, we won't say a word. Nothing. We're, mom's the word. <laughs> Our lips are locked. So we put it in the vault. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So now, even now, uh, second book on the way and you know, dozens of magazine articles and journal articles, seeing my name in print is still a big thrill. So really, and it just it, it goes right back to that, that first moment of signing that contract for that first book. When, you know, you're committing a year of your life to do something. And, you know, frankly, you're not sure you can pull it off. Well, it's good to go into those uncomfortable zones 
in one's life and tackle them because that's where you really learn things. And that's where how things like books get written because they are a huge undertaking. I can't imagine. I've had some friends tell me, you should write a book about all your guests. And I just look at them and go, oh, no, I don't think so. That sounds like a, a lot, a lot of work. But uh, I love books. I have many authors on the show like you. And I can't wait to see that new book that you're about to come out with as well. When will that be published? Do you have a date for that? There's no date yet. It's looking like it's going to be the second quarter of next year. Okay. So sometime around spring, maybe around May. Great. Awesome. Well, you let me know, and I'll help you promote that to all my listeners, because it sounds like a really fun read. And no doubt some of us, when we were younger car enthusiasts, probably did a few things that weren't quite so squared away either. So it'll make us all (laughs) chuckle and think back. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. What was that vehicle? And maybe share a memory you have with it. Sure. My very first really special car was a 1979 Datsun 280ZX. Cool. I had a love-hate with that relationship with that car. Um, my dad purchased it for me off of a used car lot in Georgia for 750 bucks. Oh. Which should tell you really <laughs> yeah. all you need to know about the condition. A little rough. Yeah, well, that, that's being kind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The hood was bashed in. I don't know if it's a hailstorm or what, but it was, it was pretty bashed in. Uh-huh. Fuel injection was kind of wonky. Uh, and then the differential actually ended up failing about six months after I got it. Oh. Um, first time I drove it, the upper radiator was just blue, you know, steam clouds. It was, it was just <laughs> fun. I, I made a lot, I impressed a lot of people in the high school parking spot, let's just say. I'm sure you did. Did it ever catch on fire? It never caught on fire, oh. no. <laughs> um, well, that's good. Thankfully. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. I did, I did blow through a, an intersection with a blown brake caliper once. Oh, ouch. That was not so much fun. No. I was in, at uh, Michigan State University. It's brake pedal at a, at a stoplight and uh, goes right to the floor. Nothing happened. Oh, it was, that's it was uh, an interesting ride. Uh, yeah, that's frightening. How about seller's remorse? Is that your seller's remorse story at 280? Yeah, I think it, I think it has to be. Um, what happened is I fought the car for three, four, five years. And finally, I ended up just taking it off the road and tried to put some time and some money into it and get it done properly. The first time I drove it, the rear axle support bushing failed, and the differential just failed, fell right to the ground, dragging. Oh, no. um, I got it home, and I, I never got it again, and I ended up selling it off to a, another Z guy around here. From the locally to me, another optimist. <laughs> yeah, well, I assume he parted it because he already had a, an eighty. Oh, okay. So I'm assuming he parted it out, but uh, never saw it again. So that's that's a big regret. From a buyer's remorse perspective, though, I have an interesting one. I had the chance when I was uh, 18 to buy a pair of 1959 Alfa Romeo Giuliettes in basically what we would call barn find condition, and the guy wanted 3,500 bucks for the pair, and I, I didn't have 3500 bucks at the time, at the time but uh, if you've seen the market, they're you know, worth significantly more than that now. But more importantly to me, I watched the Julieta absolutely dominate uh, at Grattan with my dad. So I wish I had had, you know, when it was Julieta's day, you know, kind of remember that. No doubt. Well, Keith Martin, a past guest here on Cars, yeah, of course, the publisher of Sports Car Market Magazine is smiling right now because we all know he loves Alphas. They are his cars. So, ah, what a nice find. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What are you working on that has you really excited and fired up? Sure. You know, continuing to work with great people and clients to build a business here at Whippiac, um, getting to research and write some great cars for RM. I'm always excited to do that work. What I'm really excited about, and we've alluded to it several times now, is that second book that I'm working on, Duct Tape is Flammable. Uh, it should be available, as I said, sometime in the first half of 2018. 
Um, it tells just a really a number of really funny personal car stories about classic clunkers and junkers and uh, how I've set them on fire, ruined them in various ways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little bit, and also a little bit about the rest of my you know, kind of car crazy family, my dad and my mom and. Uh, my sister, who managed to jump like a 20 foot ditch and ended up 100 some feet in a cornfield. You know, just, just stuff like that. Crazy things <laughs> oh, happen. <gosh>. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I had to describe, you know, kind of give it a theme, I'd say it's like David Sedaris meets Ken Purdy. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yes, I got you. Oh, sounds like you have a fun year ahead, and I can't wait for that new book to come out. You let me know when that's available. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Zachary. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Now, I thought about this one quite a bit, and I tried to come up, not not just, you know, what I wanted to be, but what I really, you know, kind of see myself as. If I had to pick a car, it would be a 1937 Packard 1507 formal sedan. Ooh. Now, several reasons for that. One, I'm a, I'm a fairly big guy. I'm I'm about six foot five, I'm about 250 pounds. So, a uh, 37 Packard is a pretty big car. Yeah. I'm definitely a throwback, but I got enough oomph to keep up with modern times. You know, that 180 horsepower V12 is what a 37 Packard would have. Okay. I'm pretty quiet most of the time, like a 12-cylinder Packard. And I'm also a big fan of, of Jack Denny, who famously owned a 1507 back in the day. Everybody knows him for his Maxwell, but he was really a Packard fan. Mm. So that's what I would be. Nicely said. Well, you're the first one of those out of 924 guests, so... I think that's pretty cool. Makes you very unique, which, of course, you are. So nicely thought through. Well, Zachary, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yow sponsors. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design, and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Well, we're into December now, and the holidays are here. And if you have an automotive enthusiast on your list that's hard to buy for, get them a Covercraft gift card. They can go and order anything they want from the Covercraft website. All sorts of things are there, including car covers, dash covers, seat covers, sunscreens, front-end protection, floor mats, canine covers, work truck, power sports covers. There's everything there for the automotive enthusiast to take care of their special vehicles. I've been a Covercraft user since 1975. That's right. All the way back to high school. So go to Covercraft.com, click on the gift card button, order it in any denomination you'd like. You can put it in the mail, they'll ship it for you, stick it in a stocking, and you'll make somebody very happy. That's Covercraft.com, Covercraft gift cards at Covercraft.com. Okay, Zachary, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? 
Uh, if a deal looks too good to be true, it probably is. And remember that a seller's story is just that. <laughs> yes. And that's from my dad. <laughs> yes. Wise words from your father. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over time? Uh, a total inability to let questions go unanswered. Ah. If I don't know the answer to something, I feel a very strong compulsion to figure it out. Nice. Well, and very important, the kind of business that you're in. Of course, all that research that goes into appraising and determining what something is. Is it real? Is it valuable? All of that. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources these days, but is there one you could share with our listeners? Yeah, the Antique Automobile Club of America, AACA. Yeah. Uh, forums are outstanding. The people are even better. Um, meets are among the best in the world. Non-concour meets, of course. And the magazine and the newsletters and the emails, they put out top-notch. And if you're not a member, you should be. There you go. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Well, again, I thought about this, and I'm going to give you a unique answer. Okay. Um, if, if I could go back in time and attempt to change history, uh, I'd go back and try to convince James Nance, who was the president of Packard at the time, to not merge Packard with Studebaker. That's what killed the market. Uh. If I can't go back in time and try to change history, <laughs> uh, Dick Steven, I'd pick Stephen Queen. Oh, well, that would be pretty interesting. I mean, uh, iconic race car driver, of course, movie star. And I had his son, Chad, as a guest here on the show. It was very interesting listening to Steve's son, Chad, and his perspective. And he talked about the time they went over to shoot the movie Lamar and so forth. So for you listeners that missed that show, you can go back and find that on the Carja website. Now about a book. Is there a book that you think our listeners should read, aside from yours, of course? Oh, of course, aside from mine. Um, Kings of the Road by Ken Purdy. Uh, yes. uh, it's a classic book by an absolute legend, and it also happens to be the first car book my dad ever gave me. I plan to assign it to my 18-month-old daughter, Abigail, as soon as she's able to read it. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Nice to hand those legacies down. And, of course, that is a great book, uh, iconic book in many, many ways. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Zachary has shared on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Zachary Dillinger. His page will pop up with all these cool links. There's another great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and all the books recommended by my past 924 guests are listed there. I made it really easy for you to buy, too. Just click, boom, done. There is a wonderful resource of books there. Over a 1,000 books on that page now. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. This is the fun one, Zachary, but it can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world today. You can't sell it. You're going to have to get rid of your other collector cars. So this is the only one that's going to be in your garage. You've got to drive it, enjoy it. So, what's it going to be? Well, I'm going to let you off easy on this one. Okay. And uh, I'm going to keep my 1939 Packard 120. Oh, wow. And that's going to be the car I'm going to keep. And I'll I'll tell you why. Uh It's because when I bought it, uh, I looked the man in the eye. I told him I would never sell it, Uh. that I would take care of it. He was an older gentleman. Uh, I shouldn't say was. He's still around. But uh, part of the deal was I would never sell the car. And consequently, I was able to get it at a price that I could actually afford and well below market value. So other cars I've had have come and gone, and more will come and go, but that Packard is the one that's going to stick. So, of course, you know, there, I have an automotive bucket list several pages long, but uh, I believe a man's word is all he really has. So my one car has to be the Packard, and uh, you get off cheap so you can buy someone else something uh, even better. Well, that's very nice. But, you know, more importantly, it's really cool when somebody already has the car they want. Because they've arrived, they've gotten there, no matter what it is. And I've had a few people answer the question that way with some very interesting cars that most people would go, what? You want to keep that? Why would you do that? But 
There's always a backstory, like you've shared. You're keeping your word with the gentleman that you acquired the car from. And I have a feeling that someday, coming up, your little girl, Abigail, who's uh, 18 or so months now, will be learning how to maybe drive in that car someday when she's about 15 or 16. Do you think you can see into the future that way? Uh, I suspect so, but the clutch is pretty heavy on a 30s package. So she's going to have to really you know, focus on the gym work and, and leg day. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, very nice. Well, Zachary, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed learning more about you. I want to thank you for being a longtime Cars Yeah listener. So nice to talk to people who've been following me and supporting me, and I'm very grateful for that. And I also want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with our listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 39 Packard 120? Absolutely. And the most important thing I think I can say is, you know, to work hard, and always do your best, but realize that your best changes from day to day, uh, sometimes even moment to moment. And you just have to ask yourself what's your goal and if what you're doing is going to help you get there. Uh, and make sure you're always chasing a goal. Even when you achieve the one that you think you want, find something else. Because life without goals and challenges, it's just too boring to contemplate. Very nicely said. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and the companies that you work for? Sure. Um, you can find me at www.whippyak.com, which is W-I-P-I-A-K.com. First book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you can buy books. Uh, and keep an eye on my Instagram, which is at Zach Dillinger, for details on my second book and pictures of the Packard and the family. You know, if you, if you ever care, that's where you'll find it. There you go. Well, listeners, again, I'll put all these links on Zach's show notes page. I'll make sure that uh, every one of them works so you can follow along with what he's up to. Check out his new book when it comes out next year. I think it's going to be a fun read. Zachary, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Had a, had a lot of fun. Thank you. I did, too. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA SIPC. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.